everyone, Terry Welbrock here. Just wanted to take a moment to, one, welcome you to the show, and two, thank you for being here, for uh, sharing and helping others find this inspirational podcast filled with amazing, hope-filled conversations. I, as I've said before, I learned so much from these interviews myself as a uh, survivor, and uh, I know I walk away. As a matter of fact, I just did an interview with someone who does sound healing. I can't wait to put that one out for everyone to listen to. And I've, I'm on day four. I think I did day four or five today of her. Um, she had a 31-day challenge in, on YouTube. And so I, was, I said, oh, my gosh, I'm totally going to do this. And I'm loving it. <laughs> I'm loving it. Um, so yeah, I'm, I, I practice the things that I learn in, in these amazing conversations from these wonderful guests. So I also wanted to remind everyone again, only because I'm so excited, so I'm going to keep telling you this, <laughs> to please go to academy.terrywellbrock.com. It's T-E-R-I-1-R-W-E-L-L-B-R-O-C-K. And, uh, Check out the landing page that has information about all of the courses and what you will gain from that, them. Uh, the prices go up. They're in pre-sale prices on the 10 and 30 day, the 10 day until July 1st when that launches, and then August 1st when the 30 day launches. launches. So, But I think I'm going to keep the one day at 20, $27 until um, August 1st so that everybody... Um, yeah, has access to that special price of 27, that introductory price. Uh, I suddenly decided to get the hiccups. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Um, so yeah, just uh, go check it out and let others know about it. If you know anybody looking for, for some guidance, a way to build their coping skills toolbox and learn about the impact of ACEs, adverse childhood experiences, and resilience, and uh, hope. There's actually hope science, and we talk about that. And uh, yeah, just a great resource, I think, at least from the feedback from the beta testers that uh, they said, oh my gosh, the Terry, this is so jam-packed with information, which is exactly what I wanted. So to help others uh, build that, uh, build those toolboxes and learn to, uh, yeah, be your own hero on the 10-day and go from surviving to thriving on the 30-day. So, all right. Well, thank you again for being here. I feel blessed to be doing this as my soul work and uh, just so glad you're here. All right, now for the show. Welcome everybody to the Healing Place podcast. I'm your host, Terry Wellrock, and so excited to have with me today, John, John Giordano. And he is an addiction, trauma, and recovery expert, certified hypnotherapist, author, entrepreneur, and 75 medical and peer-reviewed journal research papers. Welcome, John. Thank you. Absolutely. So, so I uh, go ahead. I, I'm just I'm so excited to talk to you because I know you and I had 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 a little bit of a conversation through Podmatch where we connected, and I told you my my 85 year old mother is coming up on two years sober sober, and um, just so darn proud of her. Uh, so the work you're doing in the world of of addiction recovery is just a, a beautiful gift. So thank you. Well, you know, I wanted to give back a, a couple of things. Also, I have 36 years in recovery myself, 
and I'm also a chaplain for the North Miami Police Department. I do a lot of stuff. And, um, you know, uh, my, my whole life's work is helping other human beings to help themselves. You know, us therapists, we don't fix anybody. People fix themselves. All we do is guide as best we can. And, and that's what, to me, therapy is all about. You know, I've treated, I don't know how many thousands of people over the years. I used to own a 62-bed inpatient facility um, that we did dual diagnose clients. That meant you had other mental health issues as well. Yeah. Uh, I worked with Dr. Kenneth Blum. He's the geneticist who found the addiction gene. There is an addiction gene, that's for sure. And um, we did gene testing there. We did all kinds of research there. Um, it's amazing what's really come out of all this research that we found. And um, so what I, when I look at, what I do my best to try, try to get out there to the public is there's only a five to 8% recovery rate in addiction treatment. And there's a good reason for it. And the reason is we're not treating people holistically or comprehensively using holism as an approach to treating human beings. In addiction, we only look at really the psychological piece. If you have a trauma, and all of this is, you know, is really important as well. You know, uh, trauma absolutely has an effect with addiction, uh, but there's also other things that are co-contributing factors. You know, people, um, people that have been sexually abused or abused emotionally, uh, people that have uh, PTSD, uh, there's all kinds of different things that are co-contributing factors to addiction. But the things we're not looking at is kind of interesting. First of all, there's such a thing as the microbiome or microbiome. But what that all means is that's the flora in your gut, okay? But what, that, what your gut does, which we call the second brain in science, is it produces dopamine and serotonin, about 90% of it. So uh, dopamine and serotonin are your feel-good drugs that your body manufactures naturally. And that's actually what addicts, us addicts and alcoholics chase is the serotonin and the dopamine rush by doing drugs or behaviors. So we're not looking at H. pylori, uh, leaky gut syndrome, that all has to do with the gut, okay? These are things that cause depression and anxiety. And it's also suicidal ideation if it gets that severe. There's also uh, hyperglycemia. Most addicts, most alcoholics have that because of the sugar that's in alcohol. And then when you take away the alcohol, they crash. So then you get a low thyroid, which causes depression and anxiety, and it also can cause suicidal ideation. We have closed head injuries. Who's going to argue that drugs and alcohol do not affect the brain and damage the brain? Right. They're not looking at that either. So what happens is a client comes in, we give them a, 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 what is known as a psychosocial, and we look at their past experience, what drugs they were on board, their education, how many treatment centers they've been to, if they've been to any at all, um, any traumas that they can think of or anything like that. But we really don't look at them totally. So what happens is uh, they come in, they start exhibiting, uh, they're depressed or they have anxiety, and we throw medication at them. Right. Now, what a lot of people don't know 
is if you don't medicate clients when they come in, insurance companies say, well, they don't need to be there. They're not sick enough. So that's a little strange because when you come off of drugs, all right, you're going to have depression and you're going to have anxiety. But not forever. You know, maybe for a week or two weeks. Now, maybe some people have that to begin with. And some of them may need medication for a while. See, a lot of people don't understand. Medications that psychiatrists give, it's really like an educated guessing game. They don't really know exactly what's going to work with somebody. They have a good idea, but they don't really know. And medications are only meant for short-term intervention, not long-term. But my own personal bias is I believe when the pharmaceutical companies figured out that they can put people on long-term medication, we're like walking cash registers for them. Now, I'm not against medication, but there are alternatives to help people that nobody's really talking about too much. And what, what I learned when we had a treatment center, I had 62-bed inpatient facility. What we did is we did hyperbaric medicine. Are you familiar with that? I'm not. Okay. Hyperbaric medicine was used for the bends. It's been around for about 100 years. It's oxygen under pressure. So they put them in these, in, in these tanks, and they drop the pressure down. They, they build the pressure up until the nitric oxide got out of their blood system. And then they were able to come out of the chamber and out of just, you know, about walking around. Uh, then they found out that it can also help with wound healing. And now they found out that it can help with uh, TBI cases, traumatic brain injury cases. And I use it also for addiction. So what's in Israel, which is really interesting, they just found out if people are using hyperbarics, they just did a whole paper on it, for five days a week at uh, 90, 90, uh, uh, 90 minute intervals at um, three months, at atmosphere of two, two atmospheres for three months, they increased their telomeres 20%. Now telomeres are the ends of chromosomes and that's your biological age. As we get older, those little strings, the telomeres, get shorter. So they increased it 20% to make it longer. And I also figured out that it can also work for addiction. And we helped a lot of people that had actually their brains were damaged. And we used the hyperbarics. We also used amino acid therapy, which helps build neuro, you know, the neurotransmitters, but helps it function better and also upregulates dopamine. We did experiments with that, with fMRIs, uh, CAT scans, and we noticed we did a double-blind study, you know, with the placebo, nobody knew which was what. And the bottom line is, is that we saw that it upregulated dopamine with natural amino acids. Wow. With acupuncture, which also helps, it's only been around 5,000 years, I mean, what the heck do we know? <laughs> you know? Uh, is there any questions you want to ask me? Well, no, I, I mean, I'm just, I, I could sit and listen to you talk about this, but one, I just did acupuncture recently for the first time two months ago, for the first time in my life, and it was amazing. I, I, I'm just, I'm a huge new fan of acupuncture at 55 years old. So, yes. But so now your work, do you, you obviously write research papers about all of this amazing 
research, but do you work with helping addiction agencies and centers and, and others to implement strategies to utilize these things? I'm glad you asked that question because let me tell you what's really going on, okay? People think that the owners of treatment centers actually run the treatment center. They don't. You know who runs the treatment center? Take a guess. The insurance companies. You got it. They tell you how long to keep a client. Yeah. Okay. What kind of therapy to give them that they will pay for. And they want them out of there as soon as possible. Yes. I remember going through it with my mom and her being in rehabs. And I would have to argue and fight that she's she's not ready to go home. She's going to dive right back into that bottle of vodka. Well, here's the deal. Now, most people don't know this, that it's the model of the 28 days is 70 years behind the times. Wow. In 1950, two young men who were students, one wanted to be a psychologist, one wanted to be a psychiatrist, came up with this 28-day model. No experience, by the way. But they, they figured out 28-day models should work. And it was really based on alcoholism, which is completely different, believe it or not, than drugs. Alcohol takes a longer time to destroy the brain and the liver and everything. Drugs do it pretty quick. And they, they talked to Hazleton, and Hazleton at the time spread it to the insurance companies, and they got this 28-day model, which is absurd. Okay, First of all, a person goes to detox. But it's not even the detox, because to detoxify means to take toxins out of the body, not put other ones in. So really what they need to call them is stabilization units, because as soon as their blood pressure is stable, okay, they're allowed to leave. Didn't they do that with your mom? Yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, when my mom would go through detox, obviously they were giving her medications. Right. Um, and she they would still have, Italian. yeah, and she, she would still have hallucinations and still be going through um, so much of trying to get those toxins out of her body. But she would still say things and wasn't, it, it just took her a while to, to get back to her normal self when she had nothing else in her body. They, they'd stopped giving her and they were getting ready to like kick her out of the hospital or kick her out of, of the rehab center. Well, see, here's the deal. You come out of detox or stabilization, whatever you choose to call it. Okay. Now, if you're fortunate enough, you go to treatment, let's say, right? All right. So you're still reeling from the detox and you're still in the fog. Okay. You're not putting information together very well. All right. Uh, they make you fill out all these papers. Right. And it, it's really interesting. I did a little thing, a little experiment. I had um, our, our therapists have them fill out these psychosocials as soon as they get in. OK. And uh, two weeks later, we had them do it again. It was like two different people. <laughs> so their brains are offline. For, uh, let's say to where they can comprehend information for at least about two weeks, two and a half weeks depending if they're a fast metabolizer or a slow metabolizer and how their liver is functioning. So now that they're there two and a half weeks, they may be bond with a therapist, maybe. Okay. And then they have to leave because it's only 28 days. Now the insurance companies are trying to make it two weeks. So this is how absurd and none of the administrations, neither the last administration, so far this administration, 
nobody's looking at what the insurance companies are doing. You know, they're in the business of not paying. Right. They're in the business of getting paid. So you, you got a, a, a big disconnect there. Right. So what yeah. is there, is there a, is it looking at the individual and determining there is no set amount of time or is there, is there a magic number for. Okay. That's another good question. Okay. And here's the answer that I usually give is real simple. Depending on the severity of the illness and what drugs or alcohol, how much alcohol they were taking, they usually need anywhere from 60 to 90 days. And there's a, a program, which is the Physicians Referral Network, doctors that have been caught uh, using drugs or, you know, have turned themselves in to this organization, okay, where they have to go to treatment for 90 days, and then they have five years of aftercare, which they get checked every week. Uh, they happen to have an, an 85 to 90% recovery rate. Wow. Now, here's the silly part, just from a business standpoint. Here's the insurance companies, okay, trying to cut the time back. But what they don't realize, I guess, is that, look, you go to treatment, let's say, right? You come out of treatment, you're out about two weeks, you relapse. Now you go back into detox. You come out of detox, you go to another treatment center. You stay there for two weeks, 28 days. Three months, a month later, you relapse again, you go to another treatment center, another detox. Well, look at all the money that the insurance companies are spending instead of doing it right the first time. So it's like really like stupid if you really take a look at it. But no one's looking out of the box. They're, they're only, everybody's got this narrow view of the world. Yes. Oh my gosh. How many times my sister and I had this conversation and we would argue with the hospital that my mom kept going to every two months, three months. And we'd say, this is the same pattern over and over and over. And they would hand us the same pamphlets over and over and over and say, you know, have her contact this place, have her go here, have try this. And um, it just, it just, and she would refuse. And then two or three months later, we'd be back at it again. Well, see, well, you see, now you have a personal experience and everything I'm saying, you realize, see, yeah. wait, wait a second, that's what we went through. This is how crazy this is. And there's kids dying yeah. left and right. And, and unfortunately, they're not looking at what, is, what are the, uh, the co-contributing factors to addiction. You know, I mean, there's a lot more to the human body than just the psychological part. Of right. course, there's a spiritual part. You know, there's an emotional part. There's a mental part. And there's a physical part. Yeah. You know? So that's just the way it is. And we're not looking at everything. We're just looking at a few things. Yes. Well, well that's why I just love the idea of holistic. We talk about holistic on the show so, so often. And it's just imperative, absolutely imperative to just look at well, and the genetic part of it, like, you know, what, what's trauma has been inherited. I mean, there's just, there's so much that we're starting to find out about the impact of, of trauma of yes, about your spiritual connections, about energy, about toxic relationships, about all of this impacting each individual. So, yeah. Let's look at something else. For instance, if you ever take a look at drug addicts or alcoholics, Alcoholics drink their lunch and their dinner. 
you know, addicts, they do the same thing. They just throw frozen pizza in the microwave or having all processed food and a lot of sugars. So the whole diet's out of whack. So what do you think their body and their mind's going to be? So, I mean, this is just common sense that these treatment centers, and then what the treatment centers do, which is really interesting, they give them 50 or $75 to go out and buy food and bring it back in. So what do you think they're going to buy? The same garbage they've been putting in their body. So that's also what's causing them to be sick. And people don't realize that. And since they didn't learn this in treatment, when they go out, even the ones that stay clean and sober, okay, if they don't change their diet, most addicts and alcoholics, okay, die early from diabetes, they die of heart conditions, strokes. Uh, It's just amazing what happens to them. Because if you ever seen opiate addicts, they blow up and they they're they put on 40, 50 pounds. And that's not healthy for the rest of the body. Right. Because now they're trying to medicate themselves with food. The wrong kind. And most of them don't exercise. All right. They don't have any spirituality. They don't have nothing to hold on to. They go to self-help groups and they say, oh, that's not going to work for me. You know, and what I tell them is real simple. How's your way working? <laughs> I mean, it's just that easy. You know, uh, I'm a kid from the South Bronx. I'm a street kid. You think I'd be going to these meetings and having a sponsor and working these steps and doing all this stuff if it wasn't helping me? Forget it. You know, uh, it's, it's like, but that's what happens. You know, people don't believe in anything because they don't believe in themselves. Yes. Well, and again, I know I keep coming back to my mom, but, but it, it just correlates so much with what you're saying. My mom went to an AA meeting at 83 and then she came home and I said, how was it, mom? And she said, I'm not going back to that. That's just a bunch of drunks. And I said, because <laughs> she so wasn't seeing herself as that. And then she never went back. <laughs> of course, it's denial. Yeah. You know, and what happens is with some of them, and maybe not your mother, but I don't know that they stop drinking, okay, but they're dry. So all the behaviors and all the things are all the same. And that's another issue. And alcoholics, if they're not drinking, you got to watch them real carefully because they can start taking pills. Yeah. You know, they take Valiums because Valiums go with alcohol. It's the same receptor sites. Right. So that's another thing that Xanax, uh, you know, Benzo, all, all these different different benzos that they take, you know. So they didn't go anywhere. They they stopped drinking and now they're doing pills. Same thing. Right, right. All right, so let's take a left turn down fantasy lane for a minute. And what would be the solution in 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 a in a world where we you could have your the solution you you dream of? Okay. Well my treatment center, what we did is we did allergy testing because even allergies can cause depression, believe it or not. Okay. Uh, we did a thorough examination on them as far as looking at their thyroids and looking at all the other things we spoke about earlier. Um, we also did the amino acid therapy. We also did massage and not to be fancy, but what people don't realize drugs are in the cells of your body. So we have as lymphatic massage gets that out of your body. 
you know, saunas also gets all of that out of you, all these toxins out of your body. People don't realize. So that's what we did. We did hyperbarics and we did all the other therapies. We did family therapy. Family therapy is very important because what happens is usually the family sometimes is sicker than the person that's in treatment because they're addicted to them. They become enablers. They become codependents. Right. Okay. And they just continue the process on and on and on and on and on. So you have to treat everything. It's, it's like a mosaic. And, and that's the way you treat addiction. And you, they need to go to meetings. They need to either that or church, wherever the heck, whatever floats their boat. I don't care. Okay. If it's working for them, keep doing it. But they really need to look at their diet. They have even at 82, 83, they have to exercise. See, what exercise does is does a couple of things. One, it improves dopamine. Mm-hmm. Two, it gets rid of stress. Stress depletes dopamine. So you got that kind of thing working. So you have to exercise. And I, I'm going to be 75. I mean, I work out. You know, I work out with the weights. I work out with the swimming. Uh, I'm a karate guy, so I work out with, you know, sparring and stuff like that. I don't expect your mother to do that, but maybe she can. I don't know. But, you know, it would be great for your mom, Tai Chi. And the Chinese do that. Uh, they're 90, 95, they're doing that. Yeah. Very soft exercise, but it's good for the internal organs. And as far as that, also eating properly. You know, getting old uh, is one thing, but or getting older, let's put it that way. But you want to have a quality life. Who wants to get older and be sick and, you know, um, yeah. be to really enjoy life? And I love that you brought this all up because she really is. She's working out. I mean, she she walks is what Good. her workout is. And she's an amazing cook. So now she's decided to start cooking for all of the, as she calls them, old people in her retirement village. <laughs> and so she makes these vats of soup. I mean, she loves to, to cook. So she does these vats of soup. And so that is giving her something that she feels good about. And she's... Right. And she gives all credit. She has a picture of Jesus hanging on her wall and says, you know, every time, if I feel like I need a drink, I just talk to Jesus and, you know, I tell him he needs to get me through it. And then he does. And so she has that faith component. And so, yes, all those things you've talked about, I truly believe is what kept her sober for almost two years. And social environment. Yeah. Because they get bored, they get lonely, you know. And they have all the shame and the guilt that they're carrying around for the past years of things they've done. You know, so that's where you go to at least go to a therapist and work through some of that stuff. You know, because addicts and alcoholics, they beat we beat ourselves up unmercifully. You know, the old way of doing treatment is they put you in the middle of the room and everybody attacks you. They break you down and then they they build you back up. But I don't know, I don't think that's a good idea because I didn't need anybody to beat me up, I did a good enough job on my own, you know? So that's that's what, what, what people need to do. They need to exercise, they need to eat properly, they need to get, get something that floats their boat, I call it, like right. making the soup, okay? Being proud of what they're doing, being socially available where they can at least do something instead of sit home and ruminate, see? And that's the worst thing for any alcoholic addict to do, to sit home alone, empty. Yeah. 
So back to our back to our fantasy dreamland. So so really having facilities that take into consideration everything about the individual and not as a cookie cutter. People aren't cookie cutter folks, right? Very difficult to find. Yeah. See, we we sold in 2012. Okay. And what was interesting is that I have my book that I wrote, The Kid from the South Bronx Who Never Gave Up. I started my treatment center 20 years ago with $300. And we sold it in 2012 for $45 million. If you ever would have told me that in the beginning, I probably would have punched you. <laughs> fun of me. I mean, but we never was interested in the money. We're interested and in, we're still interested in helping people. Because people helped me that I didn't even know at the time. And I was in total denial. I didn't have a problem. They did an intervention on me, my family. And that's how I got to treat because my mother said she'll never talk to me again. And the Italian mother, she's that wasn't who she was. Right? So I said, well, let me go to treatment and give everybody a break, give myself a break, and then everybody will calm down. And I'll, I won't use as much. So... But I got fortunate. I only picked up what is called a white chip. I only went to treatment once. And uh, I've been on this journey ever since. And it's possible. And when I started, actually, I was homeless. I got divorced. And what happened was uh, a friend of mine owned a hotel. And he loaned me a room. And another friend loaned me a bike. And I had a bicycle, then we had a jar in the corner where I used to put quarters, when I had quarters. And that's where I began my journey. And I used to say, my kids used to come and they used to cry with me, daddy, why are you here? And you know, and I'm saying to myself, this is recovery, what the heck am I doing here? This is ridiculous. I'm miserable. And I was miserable in the beginning, but not for too long. I decided to, enjoy myself as best I can and figure out how to get out of this. And I did. So that's in the book. It's my whole life story from the beginning to where I am today, just to help motivate people to show them that no matter what happens in your life, all things are possible. Yes. I use hashtag never give up so often (laughs) and I love it. Yes, absolutely. Right. You know, that's, that's why I do these podcasts. Uh, you know, that's why I write books. I mean, you know, if you go to my website, John, the letter J, Giordano.com, you'll see all my stuff that I do and add it, you know, and I, I, what I, the best I do is to show people, hey, look, it doesn't matter who you, my family was a mafia type family. My, my uncle was a hitman. My father was a heroin dealer. I mean, you know, when people say, oh, my family, you don't understand this. I tell you what, I'll lend you mine for a while. Let me know how you do <laughs> I make it real simple on them. Right. You know, and it doesn't matter. I only went to the ninth grade, you know, and here I am lecturing all over the world to neuroscientists and writing books. And whoever would have thought a million years I would ever do anything like that at all. You know, I was always embarrassed that I couldn't spell very well. Thank God for spell check. You know? <laughs> so, and and, 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 and the bottom line is I, I do my best to show addicts, look, man, you can do anything. Just don't give up, you know, and reach out for help. You don't have to have all the answers. Yes. And, you know, 
that's why we do what you do and what I do to help people. Wonderful. All right. So anything else that you wanted to touch upon that we haven't had a chance to touch upon yet? Um, well, if you decide to go to treatment, make sure you check it out really well because a lot of these, some of these treatment centers, uh, what they say they do, they don't do. And if you go to treatment, if they have a group more than 10 people, that's not a group, that's a concert, okay? <laughs> so they have to have at least small groups so you can have individual attention. Uh, you need to get individual therapy at least once a week, uh, which is plenty if you do what you're supposed to do. People think they have to have individuals every day. No, okay, once or twice a week is fine. And um, eat well, exercise to get rid of the stress. You know, all the things that we went over in this podcast. And um, you'll do okay. Awesome. Make sure you get somebody that's in recovery to talk to. You know, this way they understand what you're going through. If you just go to anybody, they're not going to understand. They're going to go, why can't you just quit? You know, I always think that's a kind of funny statement because I I was teaching at one of the colleges, uh, group therapy, and I had psychiatrists in there. Uh, It was about addiction therapy. so, So I had a group. And I had uh, mental health uh, people in there and we had, you know, all kinds of different people in there. And they said, you know, we don't understand why addicts just can't quit. I said, well, I got an idea. So I I knew some of them smoked cigarettes because when they were taking a break, I said, tell you what, those who smoke cigarettes, I want you to quit for a month. Oh, you should have heard them. What do you mean? I said, well, you do know cigarettes can kill you, right? Cause cancer, you know, and you're still smoking. So you want to know what addicts are? Right, and those who how many people drink coffee every morning? I quit for a month. Oh, well, well, what is coffee? Coffee's not a well, you want to understand what it's like, okay, to quit something, quit that, okay. So, kind of started to get the idea about addiction. I said, Now, times it by a hundred because drugs and alcohol actually change the way the brain looks at things, right? So, you just keep going. Wow, doesn't matter how smart what kind of education you have has nothing to do with any of that, you know? And if you have the gene for addiction, okay, that doesn't mean that you're going to be an addict. I want to make that clear because there's such a thing as epigenetics. Now, epigenetics is a social environment can actually change the gene expression. So just because it doesn't mean that you're going to be an addict, but means that you can be if you start down that road. That's about it. Awesome. And you already explained where people can contact you through your website. Any other places that they can reach out? Uh, I'm on, I'm on Facebook. Uh, I'm giving, uh, I do podcasts on Facebook. I'm soon to be on, uh, I have also on YouTube. Uh, you know, if you want to learn about addiction and learn what it's all about. Uh, I also work with uh, Dr. Deborah Mash. She's a neuromolecular scientist at the University of Miami School of Medicine. In fact, she just retired but she's a leading expert on plant medicine. And plant medicine is like uh, Ibogaine. Ibogaine is the best way in the world to detox people because it really does detox them. And it's a shrub from West Africa that was used as a rite of passage. I worked with her for, I still work for her. Uh, We worked on the island of St. Kitts for 12 years because there's a schedule one drug, you can't do it here. So if you look up Ibogaine, uh, and you look up Deborah Mash, you'll see she's one of the pioneers on Ibogaine. 
treatment. What it does is it detoxes people. Could you imagine in 24 hours? And when they come out of detox, they don't have any cravings. And they want help. Most of them. Yeah. Some of them think they're cured, which they're not. Right. And we always suggest that they go to treatment to work on all these behaviors that they adopted during their addictions. And there's more than one addiction. But people, so we call it Dr. Blum, the geneticist of found the addiction gene, calls it RDS, Reward Deficiency Syndrome. So we don't look at alcohol as alcohol, drugs as drugs. We look at all of it together, even though there's different symptomatology on each one, but they're all in lack of dopamine and serotonin. So everybody has a different footprint. What that means is people gravitate towards different things. Some towards heroin, some towards alcohol, some towards cross addiction, some towards sex addiction, eating disorders, gambling addiction, uh, anything that you do continually in spite of adverse consequences, I think you need to take a look at it because that means you may be addicted. That's it. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Well, again, I just sit here shaking my head going, wow, wow. Because yes, everything you say just resonates on so many levels. So thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Well, I hope All right. get across to one person at least. Right. Yes, absolutely. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us today on the Healing Place podcast. And thank you, John, for being here. And again, for the healing work you're doing in the world. My pleasure. And if you guys want to see my journey, get my book, you know, The Kid yeah, from the I'll South Bronx Who Never Gave Up. I'll put the link in uh, in show notes and then I'll put I'll put the book out on my social media sites as well. So you can find the link there. And, uh, and there's another one, How to Beat Your Addiction and Live a Quality Life. Wonderful. Well, I'll put, yeah, I'll put them all out there. So for sure. Awesome. All All right. right. We're in. Yay. Everyone. Thanks for joining us today on the healing place podcast. And remember until next time, be gentle with yourself. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hey everybody. Terry Welbrock again. Just wanted to thank you for listening to the episode today and remind you to visit my website as well as the Academy terrywellbrock.com for the courses but if you go to my website terrywellbrock.com you can sign up for my monthly hope for healing newsletter which is also jam-packed with information and strategies and blog pieces and guest blog pieces and links to shows um, and just a great space for uh, again healing and hope strategies my daughter is a teenager and she loves office ladies podcast so we've been listening to that uh driving in the car because she just she's just learning to drive and so she likes to drive everywhere we go and she'll turn on office ladies and it's just been so awesome to listen to another podcast and uh love listening to them talk about um yeah their sponsorships so i thought i'm going to start talking about what it is i i can offer to folks so Thanks for, again, being here and being a part of this healing space. I very much appreciate you. All right.